Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. How about you help me welcome our our family online? Hey, what's up, y'all? How you doing? And then, hey, find three people, give them a high five, and tell them Jesus is in the building. Jesus is in the building. Tell them Jesus is in the building. Jesus is in the building. All right. Hey, my name is Nick, and I'm uh, the Next Generation Pastor here at Meadowbrook Church. And it's good to be with you tonight, and I want you to know, I know I did not forget to tuck my shirt in. I know some of you might be thinking, what is that? Doesn't his wife dress him? She does, but she's out of town, and she's watching. I do what I want when you're out of town, all right? I do what I want. You're not the boss of me. I'll do what I want. So, oh, that's going to go bad, isn't it? That's going to go bad. Uh, (laughs) I do want to just give honor where honor is due. Y'all love your pastor. Can we hear for Pastor Tim right now? Come on. Give up for Pastor Tim. He's my hero. Uh, I want you to know that we are continuing our incredible series, Faith and Reason, this Sunday. And it's going to be a really cool message called God and Science. So if you have any friends that have a hard time reconciling that, get them here. Just get them here this Sunday, and I promise you God's going to do something great. And uh, hey, where's all my young adults at? All my 18 to 30-year-olds. Where are you at? Where are you at? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, allow me. Or young at heart. Where are you at? Young at heart. Okay, okay. You're not, you're not in the age group. That's right. I'm just playing. You look great. So uh, on my 18 to 30-year-olds, I want to cordially invite you next Wednesday right here at 7 o'clock. We're launching C20 on Wednesday nights, okay? C20 on Wednesday nights. So if you are a young adult or you know a young adult, get them here. Uh, we're doing free PDQ catered in for everybody. So if you have a friend or a young adult or yourself and maybe they don't like Jesus or church, but they love free fried chicken, then uh, I have no problem bribing them to come. So make sure to be here next Wednesday at 7 o'clock as we launch C20 on Wednesday nights. And uh, I just kind of want to start with a, a statement that I think we'd all agree with. Jesus is the greatest preacher ever. Ever. Okay? Now, Pastor Tim is really good, but Jesus is better. And I think he'd be okay with me saying that, all right? Jesus is the greatest preacher ever in the history of humanity. And what he would normally do when he was teaching, he would use these things called parables. And parables are simply culturally relevant stories that teach a timeless truth. So tonight, I'm going to take a page out of Jesus' book, and I'm going to use one of our favorite stories to teach a timeless truth. Check it out. There are stories about what happened. It's true. Was that cool or what? I mean, come on. Yeah, that was cool. Hey, so we are talking about Star Wars. And let me just, let me just preface something. I know some of you religious people are mad at me. 
We don't believe in an impersonal force, all right? That's what I'm saying. We believe in a personal Savior named Jesus Christ, all right? Yeah, the only name that's worthy. So let me preface that. Get off your religious high horse, all right? Go with me on a journey. It's going to be fun. But Star Wars is culturally one of our favorite stories. It may not be yours, but the vast majority of people love Star Wars. It's timeless, I remember this film just came out, The Force Awakens, uh, about a year ago, I suppose now. And when I went to the movie, I saw seven-year-olds lose their mind, and I saw 70-year-olds lose their mind, and everyone in between. And I'm always fascinated with things that are timeless. And I go to Disney, and you go to the, the Star Wars portion of Disney, and I see everybody just light up. Star Wars resonates with us. Why? I think it taps in to the timeless search for significance that all of us have deep in our hearts. That I think everybody under the sound of my voice in the deepest recesses of who you are in your soul, you want to have significance. You want to make a difference. And Star Wars is essentially this story that a nobody in the middle of nowhere doing nothing steps on to the platform of an ancient battle, discovers their purpose, and makes a difference beyond anything they could imagine. And I think you and I, we have, we want to have something in common with those characters. And Ray is the newest Star Wars heroine. Yeah. Girl power. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Ray is the new Star Wars heroine, and she's a nobody in the middle of nowhere doing nothing, but she steps on to the pages of an ancient battle, discovers her purpose, and makes a difference because extraordinary purpose is found in ordinary people.
So Ray lives on this worthless, forgotten planet named Jakku. And she makes her existence just surviving off of scavenging these huge ships, these ruins of great battles of days of old. And she merely survives. But the evidence of a huge cosmic battle is all around her, and she's oblivious. Maybe that sounds like us a little bit. Could it be that there's a war raging all around us, and oftentimes we just put our head down and try to get by? We use our faith not as the tool to step into the life that God has for us, but as an inoculation just to get through the day. What if we were made for more? What if there was a war, an ancient war, and you were needed in the fight? We all want to be significant. We all want to discover our purpose and make a difference. But oftentimes, if you're anything like me, we settle for less. But we'll soon find out that ordinary, that extraordinary purpose is found in ordinary people. Don't give up hope. He still might show up, whoever it is you're waiting for. Classified. I know all about waiting. For my family, they'll be back one day. Come on. These five pieces are worth, let me see here, one half portion. Last week they were a half portion each. What about the droid? What about him? I'll pay for him. Sixty portions. The droids are not for sale. Come on. So there's a new droid in the, in the saga named BB-8. And BB-8 has within it the key to the battle. A map to a hero of days gone by, Luke Skywalker. That was my childhood hero growing up. Anybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A map to Luke Skywalker, and if Luke Skywalker is found, it will turn the tide of the entire war. And Rey, she's just surviving, just trying to get by. She's offered a lot in exchange for this droid. A lot of comfort now, food now, security now, in exchange for what ultimately becomes her purpose. She's offered temporary for something that's eternal. And we're going to get to the Bible. That reminds me of a story. I know this isn't heresy. We're not just going to watch a movie the whole time. Genesis chapter 25. You have a Bible. Genesis chapter 25. It reminds me of a story about two brothers you might might know, uh, Jacob and Esau. Okay, so we're just going to kind of read and talk about it. Uh, Verse 29. One day, Jacob was cooking stew when Esau, the older brother, arrived home exhausted from the hunt. Any hunters up in here? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I wish I was cool like you, but I'm not. So verse 30. 
So Esau came back from the hunt exhausted. Boy, I'm starved. That's the Ocala redneck version right there. Boy, I tell you what, I'm starving. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Y'all love it. Give me a bite of that red stuff right there. I love that red stuff. And some commentary says it's beans, the musical fruit. Here we go, verse 31. Jacob said, All right. Trade me your birthright for it. And your birthright back in the day, Esau was the older brother, so his birthright was privilege, status, and money. A lot of money. When, he, when their dad uh, passed away, he would get more inheritance. Uh, and that sounds, that sounds good. All right, so here we go. So uh, he said, all right, trade me your birthright for it. Verse 32, Esau said, when a man's dying of starvation, what good is his birthright? Then Jacob said, well, then vow to God that it's mine. And Esau vowed, thereby selling all his eldest son rights to his younger brother. Then Jacob gave Esau bread, peas, and stew. So he ate and drank and went about in his business, indifferent to the loss of the rights he had thrown away. Now, for you and I to sit here, it's really, really easy to say for, for our purposes that Esau is an idiot, why would you trade all this money and status, your birthright, Esau, for bread and some beans? I'd understand if there are barbecue beans with bacon in it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Can I get a witness? But it wasn't even that, okay? Esau, you're an idiot. What's your problem? I think we do it all the time. I think maybe you've done this. Maybe you've traded your integrity something important for a better grade on a test. Maybe you traded your peace for a car you can't afford to impress people at a stoplight that you don't know and they don't care. <laughs> it's true. Maybe you've exchanged real relationships, meaningful community for likes on a screen or comments in the comment section. Maybe you've traded your health so that you can binge eat, abuse substances, or drink alcohol. Maybe you've traded your character to make more money at work in shady business dealings. Maybe you've traded your purity for a sexual thrill, a, a one-time hookup, or for pornography. Maybe you've traded your ultimate purpose for immediate comfort. I'm just here to tell you, don't take the beans. Don't take the beans. You'll never forget this. Don't take the beans. Tell somebody, don't take the beans. Yes, now tell the other person that you neglected just then, tell them, don't take the beans. Even if they're barbecue with bacon in them, don't take the beans. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. You can write it in your notes this way. It sounds a little more profound like this. Don't trade the ultimate for the immediate. Woo! Don't trade the ultimate for the immediate. Don't trade the ultimate purpose that God has for your life for security right now. Don't trade the ultimate thing that God's trying to take you to for a thrill right now or a shortcut right now. I promise you, at the end of your life, at the end of my life, we won't be on our deathbed wishing we cut more corners. We're going to be there saying, God, I wish I would have done it your way more. I wish I would have just not, I wish I would have done it 
the way that I knew I'm supposed to live my life as a follower of Jesus Christ. Don't take the beans. Don't trade the ultimate for the immediate because here's the truth. If you trade the ultimate for the immediate, you'll never realize that extraordinary purpose is found in ordinary people. I've always wanted to fly one of these things. Can you shoot? Blast as I can. Okay, same principle. Here's the toggle on the left to switch between missiles, cannons, and magpulse. Here's the sight on the right to aim, triggers to fire. This is very complicated. I can fix this. We have an unsanctioned departure from Bay 2. Alert General Hux. Stop that fighter. Isn't that awesome? So while Ray is merely existing, surviving, just getting by, oblivious, there's a huge war raging all around her. And it's true with us as well. Paul reminds us in his letter to the church in Ephesus, in, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, Paul's reminding, hey, Christian, remember, you're in a fight. And the stakes could not be higher. Ephesians 6 verse 10 says this. Paul is talking to Christian. If you're a follower of Jesus, this is for you. He says a final word. Be strong. Everyone say strong. And then just give me a, uh, let me see it. Let me see it. You've been working out. Be proud. Yeah, there you go. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Not in mine. Because I can't do it. I'll fail. But in his mighty power. Put on all God's armor. Why would we put on armor? Because there's a battle coming. We wouldn't need armor if something wasn't trying to get at us. Why? So that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. There's an enemy. His name is Satan, and he hates your guts. Down to the very core of you, who you are, he hates you. 
He wants to destroy everything good in your life. He wants you to suffer like he suffers because he's eternally separated from God and he wants to take as many of us out as possible. There's an enemy. He's coming. He wants to destroy your marriage. He wants to destroy your relationship with your kids, your family. He wants to destroy your hopes, your dreams. The good thing that God has planned for you, he wants to take it all out. And like I said, the stakes could not be higher. Your soul is on the line. Eternity is on the line. We can't take this lightly. And disregarding the battle doesn't make it disappear. Disregarding that there's a fight, that there's an enemy, doesn't make it not true. It just makes you inept in the battle. Disregarding the battle, being oblivious or ignorant to the battle, doesn't make it disappear. Just makes it harder for you to fight. The stakes could not be higher. There is an enemy. There's good news. There's always hope. Because extraordinary purpose is found in ordinary people. See what you got. Go ahead. It's not complete. It's just a piece. Ever since Luke disappeared, people have been looking for him. Why did he leave? He was training a new generation of Jedi. One boy, an apprentice, turned against him, destroyed it all. Luke felt responsible. He just walked away from everything. Do you know what happened to him? A lot of rumors, stories. People that knew him best think he went looking for the first Jedi temple. The Jedi were real. I used to wonder about that myself. Thought it was a bunch of mumbo jumbo. A magical power holding together good and evil, the dark side and the light. The crazy thing is. in a generation that did not believe the great things of the past. She grew up in a generation that thought that everything was a myth and story and legend. And honestly, that's the reality of our world today. Let me read you a very, very sad verse out of Judges chapter 2, verse 10. It says this. After that generation died, what generation the generation that was led by Joshua, who was Moses' successor. And that generation saw God show up in miraculous ways. So after that generation died, another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things he had done for Israel. This is the reality of my generation. And this is even more so the reality of the generation coming up behind me. Let me read you some stats real quick that break my heart. 
85% of people in the 1960s identified as Christians. Leave it to Beaver, things were good, <laughs> okay? Churches were packed. Only 56% of today's millennials, that's me, identify as Christians. That's a 30% drop in 30 years. 30% drop in 30 years. And if this trend continues, 26% of my children would know God. And who knows where that leads our grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Meadowbrook Church, not on my watch. Not on my watch. Students, I want you to know that we love you, we're behind you, and I will do everything I possibly can to make sure that you and your friends love God, know God, and are able to discover real life in Christ forever. I'll do everything I can. Not on my watch. So let's be a Han Solo to the next generation. Let's be a Han Solo, because that's what they need. They need somebody to say, it's true. All of it. Every single thing that God has done, it's true. All of it. Hebrews 11, the writer of Hebrews is kind of our Han Solo. Let's check out what he says. Uh, Hebrews 11, chapter 32. He's being a Han Solo. What more can I say? I'd run out of time if I told you about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets. All what God did for them. I'd run out of time. Through faith they conquered kingdoms. Brought about justice, realized promises, shut the mouths of lions, put out raging fires, escaped from the edge of the sword, found strength and weakness, were mighty in war, and routed foreign armies. Their women even received their dead back by resurrection. They need somebody. The next generation. Babies, preschool, elementary, middle school, high school. They need a Han Solo. To maybe get down, look him in the eye, and tell him it's true. All of it. Not just because I read it in a book, but because I've seen God show up in my life. They need somebody to get down and go, God loves you. Jesus paid for your sins. The Holy Spirit empowers you to live a life to please God. And I believe in you. And I won't leave you. And I'm here for you. They ain't a Han Solo. This battle is not a battle of days gone by. This battle is right now. And I will not see the next generation become victims. Because we sit idly by on our hands. And hope that somebody else does the work. And there is hope. Because extraordinary purpose is found in ordinary people.
What was that? I shouldn't have gone in there. That lightsaber was Luke's and his father's before him. And now it calls to you. I have to get back to Jack. Han told me. Dear child, I see your eyes. You already know the truth. Whomever you're waiting for in Jakku, they're never coming back. But there's someone who still could. The belonging you seek is not behind you, it is ahead. I am no Jedi, but I know the Force. It moves through and surrounds every living thing. Close your eyes. Feel it. The light. It's always been there. It will guide you. The saber. Take it. I'm never touching that thing again. I don't want any part of this. So the battle was calling to Rey. But she had all these excuses. I don't want any part in that. I can't do it. I'm not ready. Maybe that's some of our excuses. I gotta wash my hair. I can't, I can't, I can't do it. I gotta stay home and do my thing. I'm too busy. I don't know enough about the Bible. I'm not good enough. How could I be a Han Solo to the next generation? Or our Han Solo continues. Hebrews 12, 1, verse 1. It says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, that there's all the past generations cheering us on, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. No more excuses for not fighting. No, no more hoping that someone else goes and does it. Especially the sin that so easily trips us up. No more trading our purpose for comfort right now. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Church, this is our baton to take. If we don't take the baton, no one's going to. If you don't take the baton to be a Han Solo for the next generation, there's no one else to take it. We can do it. This is our fight because extraordinary purpose is found in ordinary people.
Yeah, buddy. So in one moment, Ray went from an ordinary person, just surviving, just doing her thing, trying to get by. In one moment, she discovered her extraordinary purpose. How? Simple. She got in a fight. That's it. She picked up her lightsaber and said, let's go, big boy. She got in the fight. So I'll make it real simple for you around here. You've probably heard this. How can you get in the fight around here? How can you be a Han Solo for the next generation? Simple. Join the dream team. Yeah. Join the dream team. Get in the fight. How do you join the dream team? Let me make it real simple for you. Go to growth track. Who would we want to go through growth track? That's right, including you. Go to Growth Track. Sundays at 10.30 and noon, right across the hall in room 401. Step one of the Growth Track happens to be this Sunday. I planned that. <laughs> to make it very easy for you to discover your purpose and make a difference and be a Han Solo to the next generation. And you know what? Maybe your thing isn't kids or students. That's fine. I'd still encourage you. Go make a difference somewhere. But if maybe God's putting on your heart, maybe you feel a little, uh, a little something. On the way out, I want you to find a lightsaber. I have people stationed at the exits. We have you surrounded. So people, they're going to be waving lightsabers so that you can sign up. Just give us your information so you can get more info about how you can be a Han Solo to the next generation. Because here's the truth. I'm not asking you to do something that wasn't already done for you. If you're a follower of Jesus, you are the culmination of hundreds of people that have fought for you. That's all that I am. I'm here today because somebody stepped up to volunteer in children's ministry. 20 years ago and taught me that God loves me and he has a plan for my life and he created me. I'm here because a middle school leader put up with me and I had bleach blonde hair and I had braces and I was like, what's up, lady? Hey. I thought I was so cool. 
and I would have given up on me. But that middle school leader did not. And I'm here today because a high school leader walked me through some very difficult times and very poor decisions on my part with doubt and fear and not sharing about this God thing and what that means for my life. I want to have fun, and how do I have fun and follow God too? He has so many rules. How do I do it? And they were so patient. And they loved me even when I didn't love myself. I'm here today because someone fought for me. And if you're a follower of Jesus, you sit in a place you probably didn't pay for. And people greeted you and ushered you to your seat and led worship for you and ran slides for you and helped you park your car and set up food and watching your kids or watching your students. People are fighting for you right now. I'm not asking you to consider anything that someone hasn't already done for you. The truth is that Jesus Christ fought for every one of us in here. That he left heaven to come to earth. I wouldn't, but he did. And he faced every single temptation known to man. Everything you go through, he fought through every single one of them. He faced Satan himself for 40 days in the wilderness. Face to face, mano a mano, he fought for you in that way. Then he went to the cross and fought through the most horrific, humiliating death in the history of humankind. He fought for you in that way. So you can be forgiven of sins, have new life on earth, and eternity with God forever. And then after dying, he fought for you. He took the keys of sin and grave and darkness and death and guilt and shame, and he snatched them from hell itself for you. And for me, we have the opportunity, we have the privilege, the honor to reflect the heart of God in our own life. He loved us so that we could love him. He forgave us so that we could forgive ourselves and forgive others. He fought for us so that we could turn around and fight for others. Let's be a Han Solo to this next generation. And you can do it because extraordinary purpose is found in ordinary people. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.